Hi there, Monica White, licensed mental health counselor here. Welcome to Boost Your EQ. This is the podcast where I teach the most important psychology skills you can learn to build abundant, thriving relationships with yourself and the people around you. This is episode 24, Steps to Practice Self-Nurturing. In this episode, I'm going to go through the 10 steps to practice self-nurturing. Last episode was all about self-care, so let's build up a level and let's talk about self-nurturing. So I've been mentioning in the last few episodes that you can find my PDF worksheets on my Instagram. So if you go to at Welby to go, you can find my PDF worksheets and this one is titled Steps to Practice Self-Nurturing. When you find that Instagram PDF, you can just scroll to the right and you'll get the steps to practice self-nurturing checklist. And the 10 steps are what I'm gonna go through today. First, I'll quickly run through the 10 steps. So I'll just list them off and then I will break each one down and go into depth and you know, give situations and examples of how I use self-nurturing in my own life. So self-nurturing is a component of self-esteem And you will know you're developing self-care and self-love and self-compassion when you feel confident and secure about who you are. So you'll know when you are self-nurturing that it's also developing your self-esteem. And so they kind of all work hand in hand. So self-compassion, self-love, self-esteem, self-nurturing, they're all just different components to practicing self-care. And as you know, self-care is not selfish. Self-care allows you to take care of yourself so that you can gift your skills, your talents, and your abilities to the world. The checklist that I'm going to discuss in this episode, the 10 steps to practice self-nurturing, are going to give you a very clear and simple way to feel confident that you're practicing the daily habits and skills to develop self-care and self-love. You'll know you're practicing self-nurturing when you regularly build these skills into your daily life. And the reason it's so important to train yourself, to train your brain and your body to do this is because it's not easy. Most of us naturally have a lot of stress and you know chronic stress and issues that are changing our stress reaction and our body's response to life. That's why it requires skills and dedication to develop a regular self-nurturing routine. However, I assure you it does work. So let's go right into the first step. You'll know you are developing a self-care routine to practice self-nurturing when, number one, you can spend a day alone and enjoy your own company and peacefulness. So spend a day alone and enjoy your own company and peacefulness. It sounds really simple, right? But you know, think about it. Can you really enjoy your day alone? Do you enjoy your own company? Do you find yourself feeling peaceful when you're alone? So really confident and healthy people like their alone time. They don't they don't feel like, you know, there's something wrong with them when they're alone. They feel like they like being with themselves. So if you can spend a day alone and enjoy your own company and feel peaceful, then you are definitely on the first step to practicing self-nurturing. Number two, 
the step to practice self-nurturing is to make choices and do things to make yourself feel better. That seems, again, like common sense, but how often do we not know and identify our choices and how often do we not do things to make ourselves feel better? So we're all pretty capable of getting our own way. Most of us have some self-sabotaging behaviors and thought patterns, right? So you always want to be able to know that you can make choices and do things like actual behaviors, take action steps to make yourself feel better. I've learned this, you know, over the long run that if I start to get moody and frustrated and anxious and overwhelmed and irritable, it means that something's out of alignment. So I have to use my coping skills, I have to make choices, I have to reach out, I have to change something, I have to be decisive, I have to take action, plan a strategy, do something to make myself feel better. And over the long run, I've noticed that I can really practice self-nurturing. I like spending time alone, I enjoy my own company, and I feel peaceful when I'm by myself. I don't feel like I need to be doing something all the time. And again, number two, I know how to make choices and create behaviors and you know coping skills and routines in my life that can make myself feel better. Number three, the third step to practice self-nurturing is take care of your health and well-being. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that. That one's very common sense. Number four, practice acceptance and patience with your struggle. For sure, we all need to have a mindset that growth requires us taking calculated risks, making, you know, some mistakes here and there and learning from them. So you want to have like a curious mindset and approach to life's issues and obstacles and challenges because no doubt it's the challenges and obstacles that create your character. So you want to have patience with your struggles and of course you want to have a level of acceptance. Sometimes we are in the process, we're in the middle of something and we can't figure it out. Developing our self-awareness, our self-nurturing, and our self-care are going to give us some time and allow us to create that space so that we can be creative and hone our intuition. And these are all things that I've talked about in previous episodes, so I'm going to keep going. Step number five is avoid being materialistic while giving yourself things that are important to you. An example of this is that if you're building a business and it's important for you to keep growing, you're going to need to give yourself things that are important to your success. And so success is emotional, it's cognitive, it's life philosophical, like contribution and connection. So if giving yourselves an office with stuff in it is important to your growth, contributing and connecting with people, then that's a good example of how you're practicing self-nurturing. You're creating a beautiful office space that allows you to feel expansive and that you can grow. So as they say in the social entrepreneur world, you need to give yourself permission to want what can help you grow. The things that are important to your growth emotionally, spiritually, in terms of money mindset, and in terms of serving the people around you with your gifts, your talents, and your skills. So that's a way to avoid being materialistic while giving yourself things that allow you to grow, connect, and contribute. 
Step number six to practice self-nurturing is be mindful of self-sabotage and negative self-talk. Oof, I could go into this one. Um, you know, part of being a licensed therapist is that I often catch myself and others in negative self-talk. So the question we always want to ask ourselves is how am I holding myself back? So you can write this down on a piece of paper, just journal it out and ask yourself the question, how am I holding myself back? And not only that, why? What are the self-talk and core beliefs that I have that are holding me back? The reality is, is we get in our own ways and the way we think and talk to ourselves is the way that we perceive the world. So be very careful of any time you're in a negative thought loop and any time you're getting in your own way. Those are the times when you wanna get to a coach, a therapist, or somebody that can help you strategize, create an action plan, you know, adapt your behaviors so that you will be on the motivated track to change that thought loop, to change that self-talk and that inner dialogue. As a therapist, it's my job to identify and catch that thought loop. So very often, I pay attention to what people are saying and I'm mapping out the things they're saying and we develop themes. So one thing that I hear is that people get in their own way. If they have core beliefs, if they have a perspective of the world that is not solutions focused, that doesn't identify that the way they're speaking to themselves is their reality, then I point that out. So you can do this for yourself anytime you are engaged in self-sabotage and you know and you feel that you're getting in your way and you just can't pull through, you can't make headway, that's the time you want to consult with a coach or a therapist or a trainer, somebody that can motivate you. And anytime you're going in sort of like a negative self-talk thought loop, like that chatter, you want to check it and you want to identify like how you can change that into more of a realistic, sustainable, constructive, creative, action-oriented self-talk. And I mention this all the time, but you know my motto is realistic and sustainable. So self-talk, self-chatter, um, it's got to be solutions focused. It needs to be open to growth and change and creativity in order to be sustainable. Because as you know, life is a series of, you know, different levels of life. And so you want to keep growing and developing yourself and you don't want to hold yourself back in business, in relationships, in love, in contribution and in connection. So I'm going to move on because that's a whole big topic in itself. So let's just move on to number seven before I get sidetracked. Step number seven to practice self-nurturing is strive to be objective but loyal to your values. There's so much I could say about step number seven. However, um, for the sake of brevity, I'm going to leave it at that. This is a topic, the values topic is something that I will talk about later on, but more in season three. And that's how it's going to be a foundational piece to building a business, to becoming a healthy leader, and to be a really effective manager or boss. 
So I will get into that later, and I guess today is not the day, because <laughs> there's so much I could say about that. Um, but I feel like that's better saved for season three. So I'll get into that later. Moving on to step eight to practice self-nurturing is to develop realistic expectations for yourself and spend the rest of the time doing things you find pleasurable. So let's be realistic. You know, there comes a certain point when we have achieved a lot and when we've got all our systems in place and when we're confident that things are going well. So people set themselves up to feel negative and sad and bad for themselves when they have unrealistic expectations. I've done this. Everyone's done it. I hear this all the time. For example, at a hospital, people come in and they're like, I just want to feel better right now. Or in business, people say, I just want to make a million dollars right now. These are not realistic expectations. If you're not in touch with reality, you're not going to develop a sustainable plan of action. And you're going to miss a lot of important steps along the way that actually will build your joy and pride and confidence in yourself to solve problems. So for the example of the hospital thing, when people come in and they just want to feel better, the first thing I think is that's not realistic. There is a process. There is a decision making and a consultation and you know an exploration and ruling out of issues and we just can't it's not realistic to go from, you know, to make everything end all at once. Um, that is not realistic and it creates really unhealthy coping skills and that's why a lot of people are not doing their personal work um, they're just going from zero to a hundred and hoping that things will turn out well well the problem is it leads to frustration and it leads to not getting things accomplished so I always tell people hey let's bring down the expectation to like a realistic mindset and the fact of the matter is is once you become really in touch with reality, that's where the magic happens. That's where the true sustainable growth happens. That's where you actually become very successful emotionally, spiritually, um, cognitively, in every element. You can't make a million dollars without learning. And this takes years. So nurture yourself in the meantime and develop realistic expectations. There is, we can, we can work really hard. I mean, you can create multiple systems and timelines and outsource and delegate and become really effective. There's no doubt about that. And in order to scale, of course, you have to do that. In order to become an effective boss or leader, you do have to do those things. However, there's a balance, right? So you create realistic timelines, goals, outsource, you know, build your own knowledge bank, and then you also have to align it with doing things that you find pleasurable. So there's definitely a work-life balance. And these are things that I'll continue to talk about, but I have talked about them in a few of the episodes in the beginning of this season. So that's the work-life balance and avoiding career burnout and time management. Those are all realistic skills you can learn. And they also lead to self-nurturing because then you'll be in touch with your body and your mind and you'll know that this is, you know, creating more problems than solving, right? So there's tons more I could say about that. Moving on to step nine is 
we need to realistically trust that most problems eventually work out. So you'll either find a solution or you'll find a way to manage it. I say this every day to people. <laughs> so in last episode, I talked a little bit about the World Health Organization, how it has a listing of every single thing that could possibly happen to humans, right? So most things can be solved. We either find solutions, you know, if we don't self-sabotage, if we don't get in our own way, we will find solutions. We'll find people to help. We'll learn it ourselves. We will help other people help us, right? Or we find a way to manage it. And that is just facts. We can find solutions. We can find ways to manage things. And if we can't, then we lead into acceptance. So these are all ways to believe, to realistically, positively, sustainably believe that most problems will work out. If we go ahead and we jump from zero to 100 and we are unrealistic and we become apprehensive, we become negative towards ourselves and that just leads into that like frustration loop. So when in doubt, that leads us this is step number 10. So when in doubt, ask for support or help someone else. So this is one is like um, very common sense, but easier said than done. So when you're stuck, you've got to ask for support or you help someone else. So by asking someone, a coach, a trainer, a therapist, a doctor, a professional, a business mentor, a boss, a supervisor, a peer, a family member, when you ask for support, you're actually going to open up solutions, creative outlets, and possibilities. That's the connection piece that is crucial to becoming a healthy leader, to become a successful business owner. Um, so that's the connection piece, right? And when you help someone else, you're also contributing. So connection and contribution are huge. When you're helping someone else, you're actually training your brain to practice self-nurturing. So the interesting thing about this podcast is that in helping my clients, my patients, the people in my life, my you know followers, that sort of thing, my friends and family, I'm actually self-nurturing myself because I become kinder to myself. I become better at learning and then I start practicing all these things and it's like I don't know there's some level that I've grown that I just can't even quantify yet by doing all this work for others staying true to my values it has changed me in unbelievable ways I've become way more focused I have practiced I have changed as a person and I've said this in previous episodes, but I don't have anxiety. Like I get anxious sometimes, but I pay attention to my anxiety because now instead of avoiding my intuition, I actually have the skills and I've trained my brain and my body to know how to manage and cope with things. So whenever I do get frustrated or stuck or overwhelmed I know exactly how to get through it and so I've decreased my suffering and increased my ability to actually be in the moment and to not feel like I need to, to stifle 
these like intuitions, right? So in so many ways by supporting and helping others, it's really changed me and it's pretty astounding. So I'm not going to get any more into it um, because every day it feels like something is shifting and changing. So it's quite a wonderful experience. It's quite lovely when you know that you can ask people for support and you can help others. By practicing the steps on this self-nurturing checklist, it's gonna also train you to be able to do some of the things that build resilience. So the last thing I'm gonna say is not every day is great and perfect. There are some days when I don't pay attention to my intuition and I'm just going, 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 going. When I start to get overwhelmed and I start to feel feelings, then that requires that I have more compassion, more self-nurturing, a little bit more flexibility, and just those are the times when I slow down. So you want to become more flexible and the key word here is resilient. So next episode is about resilience. So that's it for today. Those are the 10 steps to practice self-nurturing. And again, self-nurturing is a part of building self-esteem, self-soothing, and self-compassion. Those are all part of self-love. And so naturally, if you're practicing these steps for self-nurturing, you're gonna develop your intuition and a deeper sense of purpose and contribution and connection with the people you're serving and with the community around you. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm gonna wrap it up here and I will see you next episode. That's going to be about resilience. So have a good evening, friends. Take care and I will see you next time.